This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome to The App Show, Canada's number one mobile and app radio program. I'm your host, uh, Mike Agarbo, here with John Beeler. And we have uh, an interesting show today. If you're in the uh, Apple world, and if you're, if, even if you're not, uh, you should uh, check out some of the new things that Apple has announced this week for a lot of their different devices. And a lot of them, uh, I think, a long time uh, coming, John. Yeah, the big thing for me, sort of at, at a super high level, is we're finally getting a lot of customization options that Android users enjoyed enjoying for a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a lot of back and forth between Android and Apple, isn't there, as far as the features? Yeah, but from a visual standpoint, we've always been sort of stuck with whatever Apple decides is the design look for everything, like your lock screen, your fonts, the colors, that type of stuff. Now we're finally getting the ability to change all that stuff. I like it. So we're going to be talking uh, about the iPhone. There's a lot of really cool changes coming in September, and you'll you'll want to stay tuned to to hear some of them. Uh, We'll also be talking uh, about uh, Apple's iPad operating system, really turning the iPad into like a a full-functioning computer uh, when you look at some of these details. We'll also be talking uh, about the uh, new Mac OS uh, coming out uh, as well, and... Apple also announced a new chip for their computers, the M2. And this is uh, silicone or or a computer chip that Apple has developed themselves. Uh, They did come out with the M1, uh, which kind of really revolutionized their entire product uh, line. Uh, Now the M2 is available in a new MacBook Air that they've announced, and we'll get you some details on that. Uh, But John, let's uh, let's just start with the the iPhone. There was a lot of uh, stuff uh, happening, happening there. Yeah, the like I said off the top, the the big thing for me, they've finally given users the ability to really customize, look, the feel, the fonts, the colors, uh, so many things uh, about how you use your device. Um, and at first glance, I was like, okay, this is kind of. But then I realized how deep some of this stuff goes and how useful it actually is. Um, so the the big thing for me was definitely the the lock screen, being able to customize that really differently they uh, they've added a bunch of widgets so a lot of the sort of typical things you'd have on your dashboard now you put on your lock screen so you actually get these things and they're in real time so uh, things like sporting uh, scores uh, your current music playlist that's going on uh, where your uber is at and things like that can all be displayed in their own little panes on the lock screen and it's pretty nice how got it laid out. They've also moved these notifications sort of to the bottom of the screen. So it's not sort of taking over your whole thing. And you can easily just sort of minimize. You can you can change how they're displayed. So you can have a couple different options as far as show me them all in little little stacks, if you will. Or you could just have accounts. It's like you've got five email messages. That's all it will say. And then you can click on that and then get the little stack. Um, and it's just really nice and clean. It feels fast. You have the ability finally to change the font of the clock that's on your lock screen. You can add additional widgets. I kind of look at total customization of the lock screen, kind of like how Apple deals with the Apple Watch and the custom watch faces. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, but the important thing here, John, we're, we're talking about these features. What's the minimum phone you have to have now to make this all work? iOS 16 will only work on um, iPhone 7 anywhere. 
So iPhone sevens or newer, but I mean, for the iPhone six users out there, uh, and I know a lot of them, <laughs> and they actually still work quite well. Uh, that phone is getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, yeah. So, but the there's just there's just so many features that are coming from the customization stuff, um, the ability to create custom themed wallpapers, not unlike how you do it on an Apple Watch. With the watch face, you actually have the ability to click and hold on your lock screen and you can create new ones. And you can even associate those particular uh, lock screens with your focus modes. So for example, if you have a work focus mode, you can actually have a work paper and lock screen. You have a personal lock screen and wallpaper. You can things for other tasks. And then you can also, because those focus modes have things like, well, don't show me notifications from all this stuff it can be a very clean and nice looking thing you can put a timer on or make a schedule of. It just really makes it really interesting. And they've got some really fun ones too. They've got some really emoji ones. You can actually use six emojis to custom wallpaper. And they have a bunch of different styles of how they present that. There's some interactive ones, things like there are astronomy series, which you can look at a sort of a view of the earth in real time with the cloud cover and where the sun is and whether it's light or dark types of things it all works easily and it's really beautifully displayed as you navigate around your phone iMessage uh, which is kind of the messaging platform that iPhones and uh, their other devices uh, use some uh, interesting changes there John and I think that's one of the features that is is getting a lot of buzz and a lot of the you know the major news organizations are picking up the ability to now unsend a message also edit messages uh, as, as well. Yeah. You have up to 15 minutes after you send a message to either edit it or unsend it. Now, the other side has to have a 16 for these features to work properly, and they will get a notification that you've either edited the message or that you've unsent a message. They won't see the message if you deleted it, unsent it, uh, but there's a chance to see it before you delete it, unless you just you hit send and then you delete it or unsend it immediately. Um, so it just really depends on the timing of things. Uh, but you have 15 minutes to make changes, which is great because I think a lot of times either autocorrect or we put in the wrong name or phone number or like that. Like, oh, I, I could you know fix that, but you can't. So you have to send it again uh, with the correction on it. I think this is game-changing, John. I don't know if it's me or or autocorrect it's getting meaner. Like, it, autocorrect is just autocorrecting so many of my things now into really weird, weird stuff. And, you know, I'm just, like, typing away messages, and I'm just sending crazy, crazy messages. <laughs> yeah. Another interesting thing that they've added is be able to mark something as unread. If you get a notification and you... Uh, like, oh, I should follow up with that and do something with that later on. You've already read the message, so you'll probably forget about it. Now you can actually mark it as unread and be reminded next time that you have a message you haven't looked at, go in and you can action it then later on. About time. Uh, can Android users do this? I don't even know. I don't know. I, I'm not en- entirely sure. I don't do a lot of messaging on my Androids. So, um, but speaking of Android. One of the things right now, if you were to send a message to an Android user and they replied, and you know how you can do the tap back where you can sort of like click a message and you can give it a thumb up or a heart or something, some kind of like emoji response. If you did that to an Android user, 
and say, Mike liked your message. So you get another text basically saying that Mike has liked your message, whereas they've fixed whatever they had to do in the back end so that now we'll actually get that graphical representation on an Android user, even if they're not in iMessage, which they're not because iMessage doesn't exist for Android. So funny how iMessage, it's almost like the new BBM or BlackBerry messaging that BlackBerry yeah. used to have. You remember how just no one wanted to ever leave the BlackBerry ecosystem because that was so prevalent and they just couldn't live without it? Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I think you're all into the iMessage world or you're dealing with WhatsApp with friends that are on Android. Very much so. Um, the wallet. This is some interesting stuff happening here, John. Uh, tap to pay on iPhone. So it's interesting. Uh, you know, I've been spending up time up here in the Okanagan in a Soyuz, which is a beautiful little town on a Soyuz Lake right by the U.S. border. And, you know, we've been going to a bunch of markets and all these little marketplace sellers they all have like iPhones and they've got those little uh, tap squares. So you can just basically, you know, tap your, your debit or credit card or your iPhone for that matter on that square, which is kind of tied in with the iPhone. But now this new feature would make that redundant. You can just basically tap that other person's iPhone with this new feature. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you don't need any, any extra hardware anymore, uh, but you can still, as a, one of one of those, um, small retailers or, or vendors, you can still use the benefits of something like Square, which has a really nice uh, web-based version of your inventory, as well as the ability for you to track things like your taxes and all that kind of stuff if you're, if you're selling stuff. Um, so they just don't need you to buy any more hardware. You can just, if you, if you have, as long as you have an iPhone, you can just use your phone uh, directly for that. And it goes right into the app. And it works with a number of different payment providers, not just Square as well. You have to have an iPhone 10, I believe. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, have to... That's when they added the NFC functionality to yeah. the device. Well, they're finally taking advantage of it fully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another really interesting feature, and we're still trying to get details on this as to when this would come to Canada, uh, but it's called Apple Pay Later, which would allow you to purchase something with Apple Pay and then have four equal payments over the next six weeks with no fees. Yeah, no interest, no fees, no credit check, nothing. Is it me, John, or is this open to abuse? Well, you still have to have like a credit card or something like that to make those payments. Right? Yeah. So, um, so it's just going to debit your credit card in, in, on a, in a timely fashion over four payments. I, I think it's pretty cool. And it doesn't require a third-party service that you have to sign up for and all that kind of stuff. Did they say a limit as to how much the item could be? They did not. No. The problem with the developers conference is we get a fire hose of bullet points. So, yeah. uh, and quite often they don't spend a lot of time on every topic because they just have so much to get through. It was almost a two hour uh, keynote this year. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. We're talking about uh, all the, uh, the new announcements that Apple uh, came out with at the worldwide developer conference uh, this week. And this affects everyone that has an iPhone or an iPad, uh, even Apple watches and, uh, their, uh, their MacBooks uh, as well. So you'll want to stay tuned to hear about some of these cool new features that are coming out for your device. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the iPhone, some really cool stuff with uh, photos and, and even CarPlay. Apple uh, getting even more into your car. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler, talking all about uh, the really cool announcements from uh, the Apple developer conference uh, this week, uh, talking mostly right now about the iPhone, 
some of the the changes coming to your iPhone in the fall. And this is uh, mostly for people that have iPhone 7s or later, like iPhone 7 to iPhone 13. Uh, John, uh, one of the big features that I really liked with uh, the last update was live text. And this is where you're able to take a photo. And if you took a photo of a billboard or a restaurant menu, you can actually put your finger on the text and either, you know, take that and copy it into something else or even phone the phone number. Like I did that at a restaurant uh, uh, menu with a restaurant menu uh, this week here. I actually uh, had a picture of it and I could just touch the phone number and it, it allowed me to dial it. It's printable, yeah. But, but now it works with you. So is this any video on the iPhone? Yeah. You, essentially what it allows you to do is if you're shooting a video and a truck drives by, and there's a phone on the side of the truck, you can just pause the video and select that text. But also imagine if you're watching, say, a YouTube video and it shows you how to do something and some steps or something like that, or maybe some code you have to do for some project or something like that, you can just pause the video and then select those texts just like you did with your phone in the phone number in the menu. I love that. It just makes life a little easier, right? Doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Uh, Maps. Uh, They also added some new features uh, to apps. Uh, They've got something called the the look around mode now. Kind of, it's like Google Street View, isn't it really, John? It pretty much is, yeah. So it just allows you to browse around. But they really did a lot of interesting uh, visual updates to the map system and it sounds like they're going uh, all in on having third parties use the apple map system instead of Google maps for their integrations so for example they the example they showed was bird scooters which you know you and i have both used around the world very handy uh, it actually will use apple maps to show you where the nearest scooters are and it's it's a really nice beautiful uh, rendering of your surrounding map so you can actually really get a good sense of where that scooter is using the landmarks and the, the visual cues from the buildings or the tree, or the, if there's a park nearby or that, that type of thing. And they also have a light and dark mode. So essentially, uh, normally when you go to dark mode on Google Maps, for example, it just kind of gives you a different color scheme, but it's the same maps. On Apple side of things, you get a little bit more of like a 3 building effect now with some of the major cities at least. And it actually looks like the buildings shot, they, they shot a video at of these buildings so you can actually get a good sense of what the lighting of those buildings would be like at night, which is also very helpful when you're. So, John, do you find it, was it realistic? Well, it's kind of like a cartoony version of maps, but yeah. it's it's a very clean looking version of the, the real world. So it's a little bit better than sort of like this 2D top down map mode that you would typically have, especially if you're trying to navigate into a like a new neighborhood or a part of town that you haven't been to before you're looking for some of the you know visual cues not a flat box to tell you where that building is uh, let's talk about photos john and, and i love this because uh, i have a family and a lot of times you know we go on trips uh, together uh, now you can do a feature called icloud shared photo library so up to five people can share or select photos uh that you're you're taking you know with your different iphones when you're out on, on these trips, for example? Yeah, there's a couple of interesting features about this. So one, you have the ability uh, in your uh, iCloud library, if you have a family account, you you already know who their family members are. So you have the ability to either share all your photos into like a pooled album 
So everyone gets a copy of those things and everyone has access to them. You also have the ability to um, automatically take photos from anyone in your family that's nearby. So you're at a park with your family and you're kind of all different parts of the park. The iCloud library system will know that you're kind of in the same area and like, oh, well, maybe you want to put all your photos in the same place because you're all on the same trip together. Um, an interesting thing that they didn't get into a lot of detail about, which I think could cause some interesting uh, family problems, is the fact that everybody in the family has equal permissions to contribute, edit, and delete those photos. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All the photos I take of my wife and my daughter will be gone. Yes. Yeah. Gone. Well, the thing is, it'll still be on your phone. Oh, okay. Shared library. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, so, you scared me there. Yeah. No, I, but it's great. It's a great way, especially if, like, say the whole family goes to Disneyland, for example, and you're all over the park taking photos. You can actually have one central place to put those photos to review them later on. I love it. We're talking about all the, uh, the new Apple features coming to your uh, Apple devices, whether that's an iPhone or an iPad, uh, or even if you've uh, got one of their, their computers. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the Apple iPad and the watch. What kind of cool new features are coming for, for those? And if you've got uh, one of the la- latest iPads, the latest update is going to turn it into almost a, a computer, like a Windows or a Mac operating system. We'll tell you all the details. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've been talking about all the latest uh, updates coming to your favorite Apple devices, whether that's uh, your Apple Watch, your iPhone, iPad, or even uh, your your MacBook. Uh, John, before we just get into the watch and the iPad, so there's a couple more features uh, that were available coming up on the iPhone. Uh, one of them was uh, the the new home smart home networking ecosystem standard called Matter. Yeah, this is going to be a game changer. Oh, as we talk about it all the time on our show, is the fact that smart home ecosystems are, uh, you know, you have to choose carefully. And uh, all the big guys, Google, Apple, everyone, Amazon got together and said, hey, we need to come up with a standard because this is getting silly. And they did. It's called Matter. So uh, Google uh, addressed this uh, at their uh, developer conference a few weeks ago and then Apple also addressed it at WWDC and this is essentially is going to be something that you can look for on any new smart home equipment you get it makes it very simple to set up uh, very cross-platform and very uh, friendly across all your devices and uh, it'll just be really great uh, going forward when everyone gets along and all use the same standard what about some of the privacy stuff, John? I know Apple is so big into privacy. It's kind of their uh, their main mandate for all their different devices and, and their cloud systems. Well, one of the big things that they did is they've added something called safety check. And this is really uh, meant for people that uh, want to keep on top of what uh, access data and even people have to their uh, information. So you give permissions to a lot of apps for, uh, you know, collecting data and also your location. So you actually have a simple way now to review all the people who've given access to your location information, your uh, access to your iMessages, all that type of stuff. They've made basically a place you can go, you can review all this stuff. Maybe you want to do it on a regular or monthly basis even and re- re- 
those accesses to those apps and people for all those different things. And this also allows you to set permissions across all apps so that each app will have to individually ask you again what I have access to. So this is really powerful people that are dealing with, say, you know, uh, domestic abusers at home and they need to leave the and get rid of all the connections to their partners that they will want them to necessarily know where they are, that type of thing. So it's a very powerful uh, safety feature we've added to the, the functionality of the iPhone. What about restricting access to like messages? Well, again, if you're in part of like a family plan, uh, then anyone else in your family, potentially, if they have the right credentials, has access to see your messages. And obviously, that's not a good scenario. So you have the ability to see who has access to your messages and remove or add that access back if you want to. Very cool. And and also CarPlay. This is uh, a feature that's available in most cars uh, out there uh, right now. Uh, typically, you can hook in your iPhone or your Android phone. There's like two different uh, ecosystems. Uh, but uh, Apple's kind of trying to take CarPlay into the next generation. Yeah, they really showed off some really interesting visual styles of how CarPlay will work. They're really wanting to work directly with the manufacturers so that the CarPlay system actually has a lot more access to the information that the car is providing. So uh, having information about the speed you're traveling, all that kind of stuff directly from the car itself, not just using GPS to track you would with, you know, Apple Maps, for example. And also having uh, integrated controls for, say, your air conditioning system and your, you know, seat heaters and all that type of stuff. But they also had a really interesting sort of themed view of your gauge cluster would look like too under this system, where essentially you have the ability to customize and completely change the appearance of your gauge cluster. Typically, most cars have, you know, their manufacturer have a style or a color scheme, that type of thing. Put off some really interesting ones where you can have a choice between analog uh, gauges or digital gauges in different colors and different themes and different fonts and all that type of stuff. Kind of like we talked about with the lock screen on the iPhone, but imagine being able to customize your car interior experience as well. Very cool. Let's uh, move over to the Apple watch. Uh, What are, what are some of the big highlights for you, John, uh, as far as the updates coming to the watches? They, they, they've done a few interesting things. One, they have um, a lot more machine learning to better, use the systems and sensors that are in the watch for things like your measurements of when you're running, for example. So they, they gave a lot of examples about how you're typically running, for example, and you're wearing a watch, you're in a very um, linear forward moving path. And so your, your arms move a certain way, but it doesn't really capture a lot of other sort of information about how you're moving. And one of the examples they used was the fact that when you're running, you have quite a vertical movement. And that vertical movement can actually be translated into uh, less productive running because you're spending a lot of energy moving up and down instead of forward. So they showed they were using machine learning to sort of extrapolate your arm swing to determine your vertical movement and take that all into account when they're measuring your running distances you've gone, your gait, all that type of stuff. So some really interesting developments, kind of more under the hood as far as that goes, but they're basically saying that they're going to be much more accurate with the types of measurements that the watch is capturing, even with the existing things. But they've also added some other interesting features as well. So you have the ability to uh, set alert haptic and feedback alerts for different heart rates. So say you're a runner and you want to sort of be in a certain zone, you'll actually get alerts 
that you can feel and hear that you're in the right zone. And they've made the fitness app available to all iPhone users, not just people that have watches. I actually didn't even realize this because I've had a watch since it came out. And the fitness app is only typically deployed with people that have watches. Now you have all that information on your iPhone, even if you don't have a watch. There's even better sleep tracking now, John, because I know in the past you had to get separate apps to, yeah. to track your sleep. Yeah, so they have they actually have a much more detailed sleep tracking. The four sort of sleep stages, as they call them, awake, REM, deep, and core tracking. And so you can actually see that over time in a little graph that's built into the, uh, into the app. And they also added something really cool, AFib history. This is arterial uh, fibrillation. This tracks your heart events. And this is something that apparently has never been done on a, on a phone before. And it required FDA clearance, which they just got the day of the keynote, actually. And so what this allows you to do, though, is take a report from your watch and share a PDF with your doctor of those activities. So they can actually get a much better and much more detailed look at your heart activity. Well, that's important, isn't it, John? Because I, I I know my dad, he's got an Apple Watch, and he does have AFib, and he gets these alerts all the time, but all he can basically do is just tell his doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like, hey, right. I got an alert on my <laughs> Apple Watch. But now yeah. being able to actually print out a report, that's next level. Yeah, and they've even added uh, medications. So you actually get notification on your watch that it's time to, uh, to take your next set of pills. Uh, you can track the the pills that you've taken in the health app without a watch. And you can even add medications to your um, the system using your iPhone, just scanning the labels and it puts it right into the, into the tracking system. Really? So you can just scan the label on your, on your pill bottle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I, <laughs> they're making so many inroads into health, aren't they? I mean, it, it's more, it's not, it, I, you know what the first thing I, I always love for my Apple watch, John is the, the little button that I could push on there that would tell me where my iPhone was. It would beat my iPhone. Yes, but, <laughs> I know. I've heard that tone a billion times in the office. Uh, but and Usually it's right beside you. Yes, or in my pocket. But, um, I mean, some of these health features now are just next level. Like, it's amazing. I, I just love this feature, especially for, you know, uh, us older folks. I'm, I'm starting to take more and more medications. And I believe it or not, I don't take that many. I think I take like three different ones. But sometimes I forget. Like, did yep. I take did I take that medication? And then sometimes I just even completely forget to take them. Yeah, I, I just think it it really makes an Apple Watch almost a sort of it should come free with your medication for some people. I think because I just think it's going to make a lot of people's lives easier by giving you the reminders, logging everything, and uh, just sort of keeping you on top of everything. Okay, we're gonna have to take another break. When we come back, if you've got an iPad. We're thinking of getting one. There are some really cool new features that uh, will bump up the power, make it uh, almost like a laptop. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike and John here. We've been talking uh, all about uh, so many new announcements and developments for all the iPad gear that uh, a lot of us have. Uh, Let's talk about the iPad now, John. Uh, The iPad OS is being uh, updated uh, as well. That's right. The sort of big thing that I, I, I sort of took away from the keynote, and, and again, they only give you like very quick hits about this stuff. And there's still lots more we're discovering uh, as time elapses from the keynote happened. But the thing is collaboration. So they have 
the you have the ability to create with other people using an iPad now, and you can create a, say a, a group on. Uh, iMessage, for example, say you're planning a trip uh, with some friends. And so you have to have like Airbnb tabs, you have to have like restaurants and activity tabs, all that type of stuff. You can actually share that one click from Safari to that group and they will all get that. And you kind of all get to sort of work on those tabs at this time. You can see each other using which tab you're on, that type of stuff. So this is great for, you know, personal stuff, but also great for work. And then there's something called Freeform, which is coming later this year, it's essentially a whiteboard that's a shared experience across all of your devices uh, on the iPad. Uh, so you can use your pencil or you can use, you know, on your MacBook or on your phone to a degree uh, that allows you to sort of collaborate, draw and pull all the stuff together. Is this kind of like Evernote? You remember that app? Kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's we have, we've seen lots of digital uh, whiteboards before, but it's just kind of it, sort of integrated into the operating system, which is kind of cool. Uh, I've also added Stage Manager, which is really taking the multitasking functionality of the iPad to mention off the top, sort of the desktop class, where you have the ability now to finally resize windows as you're multitasking, create custom layouts of different apps and uh, sort of organize things how you like. And you can have overlap windows for the first time because, you know, that's sort of a thing you take for granted on your on your desktop, but you can't do that on the iPad. You have to have like these split panes and everything like that. Well, Stage Matter have the ability to have that. You can create little stacks of different apps or a bunch of, say, Safari tabs. And those are all sort of pushed off to the side until you click on them to make them the front. And they sort of move into the middle and you can move, move them around, resize them, just do all the things you would normally do with a mouse and keyboard on your iPad. And it, John, I mean, it almost makes it like a laptop, really, now. It's, it feels a lot more like it, for sure, yeah. So one thing that I read, though, this is uh, important, uh, and, and I think that's a big feature, Stage man- Manager. Um, apparently, it's only available for the iPads that have the M1 chip. So that would be like the iPad Pros and uh, the new iPad Air, from what I understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a little confusing because even in the press releases, they kind of said two different things. <laughs> they said it, it, it's, you know... T- advantage of the M1 chipsets, but then later on it says these features will be available for all iPads. But so we'll we'll get back to you about that one because we need to get a little bit more information from Apple about what it's actually important. We're going to have to take another break. Uh, when we come back, uh, one of the big announcements, some new MacBook Airs and uh, MacBook uh, Pros uh, using Apple's latest chip called their M2 chip. And we'll uh, explain what that is and uh, why you should care. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We've been talking about all the new Apple announcements, uh, so many new updates coming for all the, the devices that we have in our hands now, our iPhones and our iPads. Uh, most of these coming out in the fall time frame. Uh, they also uh, updating the the Mac operating system as well, John. And maybe we'll talk about that before we'll talk about some of the new computers that they've uh, announced. So uh, the latest version of uh, the Mac operating system has now got a name. It's going to be called Ventura. What were some of the highlights for you? Well, uh, pretty much a lot of things we talked about on the iOS and iPadOS, like Stage Manager, those are all going to be updated and coming to Ventura. Uh, they really made Spotlight deep and better. So you get to the ability to quick look your results now. You just press the space bar after you uh, tap on a result. So you can actually see it before you actually go to it. Uh, and uh, it's also been added to the bottom of iOS 16. So it's more of like a Spotlight across all the devices might be kind of like the rumor we talked about 
with the search engine uh, for Apple. This is really just them beefing up Spotlight's capabilities. Uh, in the mail app, you have the ability to do undo send, schedule send, and even follow up notifications on your emails. Safari gets shared tab groups. You can share tabs with your friends, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but the big thing is pass keys. This is meant to replace passwords with biometrics. The cool thing about this is that these can be fished or leaked because they just live on your device. They, they don't exist in the cloud, and even Apple can't see this stuff. Uh, if you're on a non-Apple device, you get a QR code to actually log into that particular product, service, company, app, et cetera, uh, and you use your iPhone for that. And then they've also beefed up continuity. This is the handoff that extends to FaceTime. So if you're on a FaceTime call and you're walking into the office, you get to your desk, your desk will automatically know that you're on a call and give you the option to click a button to uh, continue that call on your MacBook or desktop, whatever. Talk about the continuity camera. I thought this was kind of interesting. Yeah, this is essentially the gives you the ability to use your iPhone as a camera for FaceTime. And this is really cool because this gives you some of the functionality that we only saw in the latest iPads, the, something called center stage, where it actually follows you around, even though it's just sort of panning around. And there's uh, some different lighting modes. So it actually dims the background and actually makes you brighter. So it's almost like you have a light, even if you don't. And they have something called disk view. This is crazy. So essentially you use a clip to attach your phone to the top of your laptop and it uses your ultra wide angle lens to take an image of your entire desktop. And then it uses some, some kind of camera magic to make that look normal. It looks like an overhead camera. So if you want to show something off on your desk, you can do that now very easily with your iPhone. Um, but this is a, like a MagSafe clip, so it would only be for like iPhone 12s and 13s right now. Probably, although they're working with Belkin, so I think they might be coming with a couple different kinds. The one that they showed off, though, was a MagSafe one. Okay, not much time left, John. I mean, there was just so much to talk about today. Uh, quickly, we've got about a minute left. Uh, new MacBook Air with the M2 chip in it. Yeah, uh, just faster, better, cooler. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> does a lot of stuff Uh you know, it's just a really great upgrade to the MacBook Air, which is, you know, getting a little long enough as well. They added another extra port. We've got MagSafe connections for the power. And uh, it'll be about $14.99 in Canada, starting point. And so added a MacBook Pro for $16.99 Canadian starting at. And it has uh, up to 20 hours of video playback. And you'll be able to get that in July. The other thing they, they announced hardware-wise is a compact dual USB-C power adapter for these laptops. There's a 30-watt one. And essentially, they come up with their own GAN charger and then a 67-watt fast charger adapter, and they're both going to be $79 in Canada in July. That's all the time we have left here for the app show. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, where you can listen to all of our radio shows and uh, our, see our YouTube channel as well. I want to thank John and Robin, who helped put the show together. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.